HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Hearst Ranch, grass-fed beef raised on California's central coast. Now available online through Larder Meat Company. Learn more at hearstranch.com. This week on Meat and 3, we continue our series on global food trade. We've covered sugar and spice. Next up, bites. Iran has been subjected to the far and away the most severe, stringent, painful sanctions regime uh, that has been inflicted on a country in peacetime ever. Servers would come around with little carts or trays carrying these things, and they would cry out what they were uh, providing. So you get hog my So my young son, when he was three or four years old, referred to deem some places as screaming places. Tune in to Meet and Three, available wherever you get your podcasts. The world has gone on pause, and whether you agree with it or not, our government and our society has seemingly dealt a near-death blow to every restaurateur out there. So when all bets are off, why not try something new? Something you've been thinking about for years, or perhaps something you and your friend concocted in a late-night buzz-induced brainstorming session. Today's marketplace is the perfect time to try something creative, perhaps super low budget, but don't forget to make it good. This season, we're very much into the new hustle collaborations, pop-ups, the scrappy and the lean-minded. Because diners, whether still at home or newly vaccinated, are in dire need of fresh food from some fresh minds. So today we are joined with three chefs from Asheville, North Carolina. We have Rob Jones from Chop House Butchery, Graham House from Sessions Cafe, and Andrew McLeod of Avenue M. And they have teamed up to do a pop-up every Monday and Tuesday called Trashalachian. I think I'm saying that right. Um, it's the side hustle of all side hustles. So we're excited to have the three of them here. And we um, are just, you know, haven't really chatted with them much. So there's a lot, um, I'm sure, about the story of how this all came to be and about your your businesses and yourselves. So, um, Andrew, why don't you kick us off and tell us about yourself and your main business and then how this side hustle um, came to be. Sure. Uh, Andrew from uh, Avenue M. Um, I'm, I'm the chef uh, partner at uh, Avenue M Restaurant in North Asheville. And I, I took over there January of last year. So um, it was about four to five weeks of you know rebranding a restaurant before we had to shut down and rebrand it and retool it and stuff three more times last year anyway. <laughs> Um, so that was a, it was a 
an interesting interesting year from that perspective. And um, <laughs> about November, uh, late November around Thanksgiving, it seemed really apparent to me that the governor of North Carolina was going to shut the state down again. Um, so I, I spent a significant amount of time preserving a lot of things and, and making um, making a lot of bulk lunch meat and um, things like that. Just uh, if we if we had to shut down that I would like do a bologna sandwich pop up somewhere, you know, and I kind of like just had that in the back of my head. Um, I, I, I formed a really tight knit relationship with the guys over here at Chop Shop on uh, Charlotte Street. Pretty early on, uh, PJ, uh, the, the owner, lives kind of like right up the street from Avenue M. And so he was really excited that somebody was um, kind of breathing a little bit of new life in that place. And we've been working together on a lot of different things um, all, all through last year. <clears throat> and so um, when we were getting ready to shut down, I was calling all my purveyors and letting them know when, when our last delivery day was going to be for, you know, a couple months or whatever it was. And like right around that time, Graham and I were planning to do um, a Sunday supper, which is a, a dinner series that we had started doing late last year. That was like a tasting menu kind of, kind of thing, the ticketed sort of thing. Um, and so we, we had already kind of like mapped out the menu that we were going to do. We had the day that we were going to do it. And uh, with the way that caseload was happening, it just didn't seem apparent that we would it was the right thing to do. So we, we put everything on pause. But one of the things that we really bonded over um, during our, our initial conversations in that regard was like our mutual love of the highbrow and lowbrow, um, where, you know, we, we both like have a pretty refined skill set and, and refined experience. But like I have a Carolina dog tattooed on my heart. You know what I mean? Like I, I love hot dogs and bologna and like cheeseburgers and um, all that kind of stuff. And, and and so we, we really bonded over that. And so um, when I was calling everybody and letting them know when we were closing, I talked to PJ and was like, hey, this is, you know, our last day that we're going to do this and yada, yada, yada. And just casually mentioned, I'm thinking about doing this like sandwich pop up. I made all this bologna. I made all this, you know, uh, salami cotto and all these other things. And um, I'm just going to do something that's like delivery only. So just me and this, I, I just to keep something going while we're closed, you know. And his ears perked up because he was like, hey, you know, we since we haven't had guests in the, the building all year, when, when COVID shut everything down, um, Chop Shop transitioned to just an online ordering model, um, curbside pickup sort of thing. And they used to have a really robust lunch business with pastrami sandwiches and hot dogs and that kind of a thing. And so he really got excited and was like, hey, well, why don't I bring you some pastrami and some hot dogs and like we can bulk your menu out to like five items instead of two co-brand it we can we can do this together it'll be it'll be fun and i i just got really excited with his level of excitement um so yeah we we just graham and i put it together um with uh with rob and pj just figured out like logistically what uh what we've got um what kind of meat they need to get rid of and and, and repurpose and um how we can make that delicious and approachable you know and that's kind of that's kind of long and short of it so you guys all bonded very quickly over bologna, it sounds like, which I love. Um, bologna so, Bros. Yeah. Bologna Bros. Was that like an alternate pot potential name? It could have been the Bologna Bros. I love it. It kind of um, seems like it now. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's hilarious. And so this all just organically basically came together, it sounds like. 
how quickly did you guys go from having these conversations to like actually launching a concept? Well, I, I pushed back the initial dates for the pop-up just because the turnaround with the holiday and everything, because this was right around Christmas time when uh, we were closing Avenue M. Um, I, I wasn't going to be able to get fresh bread for like the first days that we were thinking of doing it. So we pushed it back a week. And so it basically started the first week of January. So it was, uh, you know, about two weeks. Weeks. And how did you guys, how did you decide on the location and like, how did like, you know, what, what was, how, tell me about like how the financial aspect worked and what the discussion was there. I mean, this is a business show and it's like, it's interesting when things like this just come together from other people with existing businesses and how do you, how do you make that work? Well, I, you know, Avenue M was just going to be closed and sitting there. And so it, it seemed we've got a full kitchen where we can do whatever we wanted to with it. Um, so that, that seemed like a pretty easy thing to do, um, is just post it there. And then we, uh, we, we started with a delivery focus where we would just work with this company kickback, um, here so we could have contactless, um, everything, you know, that, that Graham and I are just hanging out in the kitchen and we'll, we'll put an order together and put it in a separate room where they come and pick it up. And, um, that way everybody can feel, feel good about it in that kind of a way. So it was just, it, it just was like, what, what can we do with the least amount of, um, the least amount of time that we have to invest in it, um, and still make it good. You know what I mean? And tell me, Graham, why don't you tell us a little bit about like the, like how the mini development came about. So you're like collaborating with somebody that you had talked to about doing something very like high end before, but now you're doing this sort of like high, low, sandwich concept how did you guys come up with like the menu and what was that process like um, i think it was uh pretty much mostly on uh uh drew andrew um whatever he had you know he went through his product what he had he already had bologna uh, the chop shop um has really amazing dry aged ground beef from apple brandy farms um so uh you know it was pretty easy just to kind of throw together you know with a small menu you do the heavy hitters um at session actually i'm serving uh drew's bologna on a fried bologna sandwich it's a little more um you know it's on like fresh brioche with local cheddar and stuff like that so with this you know it was really easy just to throw together a simple like white bread lettuce uh with a nice piece of mustard that andrew made um you know so it's pretty much just looking at what we had uh you know in the freezer and the fridge and just throwing together you know five simple items that everybody you know, everybody would love, everybody could get into. Um, yeah. And then working with kickback was also really awesome. It's a local delivery company. That's not, you know, affiliated with Grubhub or anything like that. It's run by a local lady, um, Jenny, and they've been really good to restaurants. They don't charge, you know, the restaurants, anything to, to use their service. It's kind of all on the, on the customer. Wow. So, you know, it, it really was kind of the stars kind of aligned for us to be able to just kind of pull the trigger and, you know, make it happen with um, what we had and very little like startup capital, you know. Was Kickback something that was around before the pandemic? They were around. They were not as successful, I don't think, until the pandemic. And, and like a lot of Asheville really did shift to delivery. And a lot of restaurants were really turned off by Grubhub and Uber Eats and stuff like that because of the high price tag they come with. That's a game changer. Whenever I think before the pandemic, when I used to talk to Jenny at like food events and stuff, it was her and like two or three other people that were fielding the orders. They were driving, they were picking up, they were doing everything. 
And now I, they have to have at least like 15 or 20 drivers. Probably I'm actually one of them. I do it on days off to make a little extra cash here and there. Um, but yeah, I think the pandemic really did position them to like, you know, really take off and be successful for sure. And they helped us out too, you know, because if you have that many people on a mailing list and we're just a random pop-up that tries to pull something together in two weeks, you know, being able to touch all those, all that, that large size audience really helped us out. I think. Yeah, I was actually, that was going to be one of our next questions is how did you get like the word out in two weeks and what has been like the response from the Asheville community? Uh, I think between, um, you know, the Chop Shop's been around for a long time. They have a very loyal local following and they're also, you know, not very far down the road from Avenue M where we're doing it. So I think between their email blast, uh, Drew and I's own personal social media plus kickback, you know, we had, I, we noticed a lot of people, you know, obviously like our friends would come through. Drew had some friends drive up from Nashville one day to get it. And then we had another friend drive from somewhere else. Yeah, well, another uh, guy I used to work with drove from Atlanta. From Atlanta, that's like what, five hours? Well, Atlanta is about what, three, three and a half? Three and a half, yeah, it's not too bad. Nashville's five and a half hours. That's like some serious like friend loyalty. I hope you gave them some extra sandwiches for the ride. He had at least five sandwiches that he was driving back with after, you know, a full sheet tray spread of, of uh, you know, <laughs> a little bit of everything. I think uh, I think you guys are onto something with the bologna. Like, why was the bologna the thing to like nail to to sort of like hit home on? Well, to to me, um, it's it's a it's a it's another really great use of this awesome beef that um, the apple brandy beef that the Chop Shop's been providing, um, you know, my restaurant with and, and, and Graham and a lot of other people in town. You know, it, what's the other thing that you can do with with ground beef besides meatballs and you know a pasta sauce and a burger? Um, that's I mean, it's not I would classify a, a complicated emulsified sausage as, as easy, but like that's pretty easy for me. Um, it's, it's something that, that, that I've been doing for years and it, and I really like the texture of how it all beef bologna eats. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's a lot tighter. It holds up really well to, to grilling or griddling or, um, that kind of a thing. There's just a little bacon in there for a little added smokiness and, and, um, and, and the fat that you need to achieve that emulsion. But when we have to close a restaurant and like you have stuff in the freezer and, and that kind of a thing, like, um, as, as a, a person who, who, as a chef or somebody that does, does salumi in any kind of regard, like that's where you, that's where you're, you're like, okay, well I have this X amount of this, I can make X amount of this. And I was like, okay, I can make 175 pounds of bologna. So 175 pounds. I can get a couple of potato rolls and like, you know, just chill some bologna sandwiches on the street. And then, and then when, other, when you, you talk about it to other people and other people get excited, um, that's when it kind of flushes out into, or for, for us flushed out into something a little bit more than uh, a bologna sandwich pop-up, you know? Yeah, there's been a big trend on sandwiches, I think, from the likes of Turkey and the Wolf in New Orleans and Big Kids in, in Chicago. And Sorry, that's my, my co-star in the background. Um <laughs> were you guys are you guys following some of those guys and sort of oh, yeah. inspired by what they're doing and the sure. casual sandwich trends i mean one of, another place in chicago i would mention in that is tempesta um they they started uh as just a wholesale salumi company and really really took off um 
under the Indu Artisans banner, and then really, really took off when they they started getting into the the sandwich front for you know utilizing their wholesale products uh, and, and rebranding to Tempesta and, and focusing on sandwiches because it's like it's one thing to have a, a really beautiful product that you that you produce and sell in a package to to you know somebody that, that puts it on a board and that kind of a thing, but it's a totally other thing to have control over the whole process and how it gets served and what kind of bread it is and that kind of a thing. And, and, um, you know, uh, there's, there's uh, plenty of other, uh, great businesses, El Porcelino in Denver that, that has a really similar model. They have a deli that like features all their products. And it's just one of those things where one hand washes the other. Um, when, when you're making those kinds of things, you want to be able to, to serve it the way that the best way that you can, you know, or the best way that you think that you know how to, you know, very important question. How many sandwiches did you get out of 175 pounds of bologna and how fast did you get rid of it? Uh, well, it was gone. Um, I, I made a new batch uh, three weeks ago. So it was mm-hmm. gone in, in a month. A lot of bologna. Wow. Um, I love it. And so people That's are... They- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Graham did some quick math there. 700 sandwiches. And, 700 they sandwiches. All, they, they were between section and... and thing and a couple other things as well it's not like you know we did not sell 700 bologna sandwiches in the month of january we definitely ate a couple (laughs) you ate a couple i like it um probably not enough to make a huge dent in that number tell us a little bit about how the pop-up and you guys coming together have impacted the individual businesses has there been like a halo effect have you gotten you know additional customers from this sort of cross sell of, of the three of you all coming together I don't know. I hadn't hoped so. Honestly, to see like, you know, once Avenue M opens back up, I'd love to like really see how their, you know, kind of um, customer base changes. You know, Drew has come on in, to a space that in past has been kind of stagnant um, and, you know, came and brought a new name and new style and kind of new flavors to the building. And hopefully, you know, when people are seeing more like, you know, the trash latcha thing popping up, they'll kind of rethink going to eat it after it. Not that they're going to come back for the bologna sandwich, but, you know, hopefully they just kind of change things up. There's so many places that's closed here in Asheville, whether it be permanently or just for, you know, Q1. Um, and it's kind of forced people, I think, to change up their routine a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, Session, Session Cafe, we opened in October, like right in the middle of everything. So, you know, it was really hard for us on a lot of different levels um, to kind of get people in the door. We are a huge space downtown, so it is possible to feel safe, you know, and socially distanced. And we are are a counter service model too. So our our, uh, staff can feel really safe being behind plexiglass, you know, and having minimal contact with customers. Um, But I feel like, you know, with the trash latching thing, you know, just kind of keeping everybody's name relevant. Everybody's talking about so many different places, whether it's closing or whatever right now, you know, any any word of mouth mention of, you know, your business in general is going to hopefully drive business, especially considering how small Asheville is, you know. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's a good point, right? So for, and you know, Drew, you were saying that you guys closed. So it's like, how do you keep your name fresh and still still get out there while there's nothing else really happening 
Um, so I think it all makes a ton of sense. And so I'm curious, how have you staffed the pop-up? Is it just, you know, the chefs handling it or did you have to bring in other people from each of your respective businesses? Uh, it was pretty much Graham and I the whole time. Um, Rob, sandwiches. Rob when, when he would, uh, come over in the mornings and, and, and bring us products, uh, there was, there were definitely several, several times where we were like deep, deep in the shits and he would like portion a bunch of stuff for us and that kind of <laughs> thing, which we really, really appreciated. Uh, there was, there was some, some really hairy, uh, really busy moments where just that, just that right there was, uh, enough to get us to the other side. Um, but that was my kind of, kind of the, the thought process behind it was to try to do something that's simple enough that two people or one person um, could could operate it and just get some stuff out there. Um, I think the the introduction to to the podcast you guys gave um, really hits the nail on the head. Like the demographics of all of the, not just Asheville but all of uh, America, um, all of, all of the cities, they're all changing. You know, every, everything is changing in terms of of, of what restaurants are are going to still be around and like. Um, for us, it was really just how, how are we going to do something besides nothing? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um, we've got, we've got the space that we can, we can use. We've got these, uh, <clears throat> you know, the chop shop has got hundreds and hundreds of heads on the ground of, of, of pork and beef that we gotta, we gotta do something with no matter what, you know? Um, so, uh, there's a certain amount of responsibility in, in terms of, of, um, trying to pay respect to respect to that in every avenue that you can. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, people obviously have, people don't talk about that enough, too, is like, you know, the it goes up the supply chain, and so you have to responsibly use ingredients that are otherwise going to spoil, and just be creative to find other ways to get the product out there. This episode is brought to you by Hearst Ranch. The Hearst family has raised cattle on California's Central Coast since 1865. Today... Hearst Ranch's signature product is their 100% grass-fed, completely hormone and antibiotic-free beef. The Hearst Ranches have always treated their animals with great care. Their cattle live a completely natural existence as foragers and grazers. Well-managed grazing fertilizes the land naturally, sustains a seasonal rhythm to the ranches, and produces a remarkable meat whose flavor is the authentic taste of the American West. Hearst Ranch beef is available seasonally, May through August, in select Whole Food markets throughout California, and all year round at their retail locations in San Simeon and Paso Robles. And now, HRN listeners in Arizona, Nevada, and California can get Hearst Ranch beef delivered right to their door through Larder Meat Company. Go to lardermeatco.com and shop the 100% grass-fed box to stock your freezer with Hearst Ranch beef. That's L-A-R-D-E-R, meatco.com. Learn more about the storied history, farming practices, and conservation efforts of Hearst Ranch at hearstranch.com. So you guys took a brief pause because it sounds like Avenue M is going to reopen soon, which is great because it sounds like you've done seven restaurants in the course of one year. Um, so I'm sure you've been busy iterating and iterating, but tell us what's next for Trash, for Trash Alachian. Uh, so we are looking, you know, we're kind of exploring other options, whether it be a food truck or a food trailer or some some way that we could run it. It wasn't, 
you know, a full-time thing, but maybe we get some sort of like residency um, somewhere like, you know, Asheville has so many breweries and outdoor spots where they don't necessarily have a food program, but they like to invite, you know, uh, local food trucks to come and just sell food out of their parking lot or whatever. So, you know, we are kind of exploring different options of what we could do to kind of make this more of like a thing, you know, I don't think we're looking to turn it into like a five or seven day a week uh, business, but, you know, having something that we could still serve this kind of, you know, fun, easy, approachable uh, food to the local people um, in some way, I think we're, we're open to pretty much anything. How will you, how would you guys fund that and come together? Have you like thought about that or you're still sort of figuring that piece out and how, and how would you like operationalize that while you're doing your other, your other businesses? As cheaply as possible. <laughs> there's, a, there's a couple options. <laughs> Pretty much. There's, there's a couple options out there that, that we're all exploring uh, together about um, so a, a few different things, trailer and, and, and truck wise that are a little more turnkey that, that, are people that aren't necessarily motivated to just out and out sell them, uh, which which they would if they wanted to, but where we could kind of have a managerial partnership where or an operational agreement where, you know, we can um, operate it on on such and such day to, to do these things that that, that we want to do in, in terms of like um, just keeping that that brand going in some in some respects, whether it's it's parking it at the same brewery twice a week or or whatever that may be, then that could that could buy us time to to um, to really grow it uh, in a, in a, in a slow, more sustainable type type of way. Um, give us a little bit of time to figure out what type of capital investment that we're prepared to, to get behind in terms of like a new trailer or, or, uh, you know, there's a, there'll be a lot of things that'll change the next four months that, that will kind of bring some of those questions into better clarity, you know? What do you, what do you think is going to change? Elaborate on that a little bit. I think that, that uh, just how, how things are, are going to work from a public health perspective, um, how vaccination is, is going to be going, how how people are going to be feeling ab- about just consumer confidence in general about people going out. It's all it's all interconnected, you know. Yeah. And so there there's um, it doesn't make sense to to take on more debt right now. You know what I mean? Um, what does make sense is to figure out how we can make money with what we have and the resources that are available to us. Yeah, I, I like that. Never overspend. Um, I think that's something we talk about a lot on this show and, and just in general, and especially at a time like this, we can be so scrappy when there are people who maybe have a trailer built out where you can, you know, figure out a way to have an operating agreement where you don't have to put in any additional capital. It makes a ton of sense. Um, and I like your optimistic viewpoint of coming out the other side. I'm like, keep that going out into the world. Um, we like to do a little lightning round where we we do like a quick one or two, you know, it's, it's meant to be like quick one or two word answers. Um, so let's go ahead and kick that off. See if Alex is still here. Um, for, are you still here? I'm here. I'm in and out today with the kids, but I'm here. So I'll do the first one before somebody screams at me. Favorite sandwich on the menu? Cold cut combo. Cold cut combo. Pastrami. Now we're going to get unanimous, the cold cut combo. The burger is fantastic, too. It's not just our grind. I mean, the way that he set up that burger, is, it's great. Everything about it's great. What's special about the burger? 
what's different about it? Outside of the beef being ground here at our shop directly, uh, they know kind of what's going into the beef itself. Uh, they just have the Midas touch, you know, a burger is a burger, but when you really, be, when you're able to put something together without having to go over the top, then you go, you call that the unicorn in, in the culinary <laughs> world. Um, but it's, it. it's, it's, it's easy to eat. It's, it's just, it's just wet enough, like with ingredients, but the bun is just, it's just perfect enough to hold all those ingredients and all that moisture in there and all those, all that seasoning. And it's just, not only is it eye appealing, it tastes great and it's fun to eat. Sounds like a perfect burger. I love it. The unicorn burger. I think you guys should also rename that from Baloney Bros <laughs> Unicorn Burger. We're like, our branding this podcast is just really coming up. Yeah. Um, Fired on all cylinders. All cylinders. So that's your favorite sandwiches. What's the best selling? The best selling? Mm-hmm. It's pretty even spread between yeah. the cold cut. Cold and cut and pastrami, I think. Yeah. Or I think all three of those sandwiches were kind of tied. You know, the cold cut pastrami and the burger. Seem to be the seem to be the biggest sellers. Right, makes sense. They're the favorites of the chefs. Yeah. And what about your favorite cut of meat or salumi? Ooh, somebody, uh, somebody oh. else is going to have to answer this first. Wait, favorite type of salumi? Yeah, favorite cut of meat. Either one, you pick. A cut. Uh, I'm interested to hear what Rob's favorite cut of meat is. I like the diamond to Denver steaks right now, personally. I change pretty often, but pretty much any yeah. every cut of beef that you get from Apple Brandy Farms with the way they dry age their beef and you know you can really taste the happy animal in it no matter what cut it is. And the Denver's really underrated cut. It's one that I served at the restaurant. Um, you know, for for years that chuck roll has just gone in a grind, and mm-hmm. uh, it's it's pretty cool to get to like serve somebody a steak they didn't know that they were going to love. I would agree with that. Tell us your biggest surprise in starting the pop up. Biggest surprise. How much I loved cooking smash burgers. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I do that about myself. I guess that he had. Yeah, I had, yeah. I had. It was like the gateway pop up. I guess the thing I'll tell you is um, I remember when PJ and I were, were first talking about doing uh, doing work together with the restaurant um, where he was explaining what was different about getting beef from them. Um, like Rob was saying, when they grind every day, there's a, a major difference, texturally speaking, if you're cooking a hamburger that's never been in a cryovac bag with ground, mm-hmm. ground beef that's just come out of the grinder and it goes into like a container and then you get it and then you, you know, you patty it out and you cook it that day. There's a really big difference um, that's noticeable in quality and texture from, from, um, from doing that. And that's like, I think that to me is the thing that makes that burger special is, um, you know, when you, when you do kind of a side-by-side, the, 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 the texture is just completely, completely different. Um, mm. That was probably the biggest surprise for me. It's really, really understanding that. Yeah, because it hasn't ever been packed together. So you have this, like, I mean, that makes total sense. It sounds really, now I want a hamburger for lunch. Um, it's 11.36 a.m. here on the East Coast right now. And I'm definitely now craving a burger. Um, too bad, you guys, I can't drive all the way there from New York, though. I'm like your friends from Nashville and, uh, and Atlanta. Um, okay. I love it. All right. Last one. Um, I'd love to hear from each of you. What's the best piece of business advice or resource that you've received while, um, while embarking on, on this adventure? Uh, maybe not advice, but just, just the, the overall, the overall, um, um, joy and excitement 
that are our community and our peers that have just been like, wow, you guys are really doing it. This is awesome. You know, every it's, you know, it's turmoil out there. It's pandemic globe pandemic globally. And, you know, it's just really nice to, to hear these compliments and, and see people just stay positive in such a, such a weird time, especially over food. Like everybody can get together over food. And that's, that's kind of what brought us all together. Um, that is what brought us all together. And that's what helps bring, you know, everybody together with us and kind of we grow as a community. You know, it didn't, it wasn't just, you know, it wasn't just one, one, one mind that took all this over. It was a, a conglomerate of, of great people, you know, doing great things and, and coming up with, with these ideas to, to share with everybody else. So the feedback to me is probably one of the biggest things that, that keeps me driving in this. Yeah, the whole stronger together mentality is is uh is has really been proved kind of time and time again this last year that like there's there's a lot more people in your circle that that are um, likely going through a lot of the same shit, willing to help, and you can probably do um you can probably take tackle things that are difficult on your own much much easier if you um can kind of look to to what everybody's complementary skill sets are and that kind of a thing, you know. I feel like we're so deep in like the unknown right now too, that I'm kind of, you know, afraid to take advice. Cause like nobody really knows what's going on. Right <laughs> yeah, now. So yeah, yeah. Gives me advice, That's a really good point. You kind of take it with a grain of salt. You know what I mean? It's like, how, how can you see the future, bro? You know, like, yeah, nobody's got anything. Nobody's got anything. Right so we're all, yeah. We're all trying to just do the best we can. Yeah. We're all trying, we're all kind of flying by the seat of our pants and winging it uh, any way we can. And, you know, we got some advice that said, yeah, you guys should do that pop up. That was pretty good advice because then we ended up doing it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, nobody advised us not to. So that was mm-hmm. Nobody said it was a terrible idea. So that was, yeah. <laughs> that's good. I mean, that's a, when, I, when we were starting our company, Till It, people were like, I don't really understand why you guys think that people want expensive aprons. So, you know, it's like, okay, great idea. But we're you right did right it anyways. Right. And here we are. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. You know, I think um, I think it really makes sense what you're saying like being comfortable with uncertainty which I think everybody's had to deal with this past year in every facet of their life and stronger together I think has been an amazing rallying cry for the entire um hospitality industry so hopefully that's something that you know changes permanently moving forward I think that's that's definitely the silver lining in all of this um cool all right so we like to do what we call our opening soon announcements um so since the show is opening soon, obviously. So if there's anybody that is opening, reopening, Andrew, that you want to shout out, um, now's your chance. Uh, well, Avenue M's reopening on March 9th, and I'm uh, really excited to get back to work and to start feeding people again in this community. Um, and apart from that, I mean, there I, I know that there's uh, several restaurants that are still on hiatus, and I, I don't have any hard dates for anybody else yeah. that I know of. I'm going to go ahead and plug Session Cafe because we didn't open that long ago. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it is a really amazing concept. We're actually um, uh, pressing vinyl records in-house. Um, it's in the original Citizen Times building downtown. So it's a big, beautiful Art Deco uh, space with um, lots of glass block windows. And uh, you can come... And eat amazing sandwiches and sides, have a great cup of coffee or adult beverage and watch uh, vinyl records get pressed. Super killer pastries too. And really good pastries um, from Owl Bakery in West Asheville. Susanna is my partner um, in this concept. Super cool. Awesome. Well, congrats on opening 
two concepts, I guess, technically in the in the midst of a pandemic, that's no easy feat, Graham. So um, amazing. It sounds like a very cool place to check out. All right. And the only other people we wanted to show, so New York City, actually, we reopened for indoor dining um, this past weekend. And Francie, who was on opening soon, episode 33 in 2019, finally reopened um, or opened really for the first awesome. time. Yeah, so are you guys is New York at 25%? We're at 25% for indoor dining and outdoor dining, but it's been snowing for the past four days and the snowstorm from three weeks ago still really hadn't been cleared up. So sure. yeah, so a lot of people reopened yeah. for 25%. And in New York City, um, restaurant workers are eligible to get vaccinated. So yeah, so that's awesome. So that's another shout out for if you are in New York City and you didn't know, um, hospitality workers are eligible to get their vaccines. So um, we can post the link to that on our website. Um, and that's it. So we loved having you guys. Thank you so much. It's um, an awesome concept. Wishing you all the best of luck with the next iteration. Tell everybody where they can find you on social and real life. Uh, well... You can find find me. My, my uh, Instagram is uh, Drucifer, D-R-U-C-I-F-3-R, um, at Restaurants Avenue M, uh, A-V-L, on Instagram. Um, and at Trash Alashin is the uh, pop-up. There'll, there'll be like news and events and stuff as, as we, as we kind of get, get through with that, um, all those places. Uh, my Instagram is at uh, Instagram House, uh, and uh, obviously Session. AVL is the session website or um, Instagram. And yeah. Rob Jones 86 is my uh, Instagram handle. Um, it's signified by a small child crying over a watermelon. Uh, I thought it was a great picture. Um, uh, uh, Chop Shop Butchery is going to be our Instagram handle, chopshopbutchery.com. Uh, it's our website that we do all of our online ordering through. Um, we had, uh, we've been very fortunate enough to, to kind of redesign our, our shop to where we stayed open, but we had to redesign our entire purchasing system. So you can go through, uh, chopchopbutchery.com, uh, and order for same day pickup or pickup throughout the week. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for, for being here. You can follow us at Tillit NYC. We're at, we are opening soon. We always post a wrap up of the show on our blog. So don't forget to check that out. And thank you guys so much. Talk soon. Hey, thanks, thanks. for having us. Thank you. Opening soon is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network food radio supported by you for our freshest content subscribe to our newsletter enter your email at the bottom of our website heritageradionetwork.org and connect with us on instagram and twitter at heritage underscore radio you could also find us at facebook.com slash heritage radio network heritage radio network is a non-profit organization driving conversations to make the world a better fairer more delicious place and we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the heart at the top right of our homepage. And thanks for listening.